Loud is a podcast bringing together the voices of young people in the world to talk about things from wide scale, systemic issues, to the things that affect us on a more personal level, giving our own perspectives, because most of the time we are only hearing from the older generations. Hey, what's up? It's your girl Ali A here today with episode 9 of Loud. This episode is being released on the 7th of March, which, to the residents of the United Kingdom, is the day before schools are set to reopen for face-to-face learning. I'll be talking about how people feel about returning to schools on the 8th of March, sharing the results of a survey I carried out with my Instagram followers, and then we will head on over to the Loud table to hear how everyone feels about education and the pandemic so far, and how they feel about going back to schools tomorrow. As a disclaimer, if you are looking for advice or guidance about the coronavirus, please go to the NHS website or the corresponding website for your country. Whilst things like the statistics I'll be sharing are factual, much of what will be said is more opinion and experience based. Also, as a content warning, we will be mentioning topics such as death, so listener discretion is advised. After three months of home learning, The UK's lockdown is beginning to lift, and schools are beginning the process of reopening. However, although the government are taking many more precautions, such as requiring face masks within classrooms and all schools to carry out regular testing, the statistics still show that not everyone is completely comfortable with the return of face-to-face lessons. Now, if you follow Loud on Instagram, you should know by now that I occasionally like to send out a series of questions to gather opinions on different episode topics. If you'd like to be involved with that, go ahead and follow at loud.podcast to become a member of the team. This time, I began by asking everyone how they felt about returning to schools on the 8th of March. It's interesting, because I didn't get any totally positive replies. A few people were happy and excited about going back to school, but did highlight that whilst it was a positive step for their mental and social well-being, they were still scared about their health and the effect that opening schools would have on the current infection rate. The other replies were more negative, with people who wanted to see their friends again and have face-to-face learning, but just didn't feel that it was safe enough as yet to return, with a few suggesting a more phased return instead. One reply I got really stood out to me. This person explained how they struggle with change, and just as they adapt to working from home, they now have to go back into school again without proper support and guidance from their school. In all, I think this was a good question to ask. I think that despite the new guidelines, there's still a lot of fear in regards to the real safety of schools opening. It's been difficult for many students to adapt to all of these changes that have come along. And as a student myself, I haven't seen as much reassurance from the government going directly to students. Good communication goes a long way. And I think that once kids get into secondary school, there needs to be a clear and direct communication with us. I went on to ask whether people felt that the government had properly considered students during the pandemic, and 86% of responders said no. I made sure to ask why. When we were initially sent back to school, we were sent into these bubble systems, with each year group being placed into metaphorical bubbles of isolation, where we'd only interact with other students within our year or our classes. However, This did not take into account families with different age kids 
and also separated families. On top of that, the younger generations were blamed for the rise in COVID cases. And whilst we are less likely to get a fatal case of COVID, there are still members of our generation with various health issues that make them more at risk. And apart from physical health, mental health is a serious concern that many students said was not getting enough attention, with many people unable to access adequate mental health support at a time when many more people needed to be able to access it. 89% of the students felt that the government's efforts to keep education going over lockdown harmed students more than it helped them. Because of the disparities in access to resources, and also the uncertainty around how many year groups are going to be assessed once we return. They also feel that the government doesn't take any of our opinions into account when they make their decisions. One of the most interesting questions I asked was whether students feel like the state of our education is really a catastrophe, like the media and the government have been saying it is. 72% agreed, but the reasons they gave are what really interested me. Everyone who responded acknowledging why it's a catastrophe mentioned reasons that weren't actually to do with our missed education at all. It was actually to do with the fact that many students are actually happy that a global pandemic came along, not necessarily because it was a good thing, but because it gave them a break from having to go to school. Now, if you're an educator or someone who works within the education sector or with young people, I really encourage you to take that on board. Surely something has gone wrong with the education system if a pandemic, of all things, could be a relief to some students. One of the government's suggestions to help schools get back on track was creating summer school, potentially extending the normal school day and also increasing the amount of exams that students do, suggesting at one point exams every week. I asked students whether they felt that was fair and 90% said no. They feel that after the strain and pressure that we've been under during online learning, we need a break. And it's unreasonable, especially since the current conditions are not our fault. Finally, I moved on to ask about support and next steps. For our educational support, most students suggested reduced or supported exams. Mentally, well, let's just say that I asked everyone how they were and not one person was good. But moving forwards, some people suggested more relaxed rules, such as school uniforms and less pressure from teachers to have to submit work within such tight deadlines. The main point mentioned, though, was mental health support with students wanting more support available throughout schools, even for students who haven't yet been diagnosed with mental health conditions. Some recommended things like school pets, but mainly things like training all teachers and even parents on how to deal with and help with bad mental health, and enabling students to support one another by teaching things like mental health first aid and also creating peer support groups. Having trained professionals within school to talk to would also be beneficial. It's clear that whilst the education system is currently in a bad state, what I've discovered from talking to these real students about this is that it probably isn't for the reasons that the older generation thinks it is. But before I finalise my judgement, I think it's time for us to move on over to the loud table where I'll be joined by a group of other young people to continue the discussion. But as I said in the beginning, we will be mentioning some topics that may be upsetting to some listeners, so listener discretion is advised. Hi, I'm Adrian. Hi, I'm Ellie. Hi, I'm Emma. Hi, I'm Isla. Hi, I'm Lauren. Hi, I'm Nikhil. Hi, I'm Noah. Hi, I'm Socks. And you're listening to... 
the loud table. So to start off, do we think that young people have been properly considered during the pandemic? No. Why do you think that? We were blamed for half of it. We were blamed for like lots of stuff. Like don't kill granny. Like we were blamed for like a lot of it because we were meeting up with friends. But actually, I didn't. I don't know about anyone else, but I kept the rule until we were allowed to meet up with people. I know some people didn't. But to kind of blame an entire generation for like it being so bad, which did happen. We were blamed for quite a lot of it. I don't think it's entirely fair when actually we were quite prevalent in that part, in that we had our exams cancelled. We were already kind of dealing with this like emotion. And then to go from it's all your fault, we're still this bad was an absolutely horrible thing to do to us. I agree with Isla, like, they've definitely blamed us a lot when, okay, but, like, you're the ones making us go to school. Like, I'm not saying we shouldn't go to school. Like, you're the one making us go to school, you're the ones encouraging us to eat out to help out, yet you're going to blame us. And as well, I think they haven't really been helping with our education that much and, like, our mental health. Because a lot of people's mental health have gone down the drain. Like, I mean, mine's not too bad, but it's definitely gotten worse during this lockdown. And what's the government done to help? Zilch. Right. So uh, when it comes to like this, this idea of like, don't go outside, don't eat, meet up with friends or else you're going to you're going to kill grandma. Um, I don't think that's entirely fair because uh, I can speak from experience. Uh, my 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 grandfolks uh, in Northern Ireland, they just didn't care. They would go out to the shops, even though they're both extremely vulnerable. Um, so the fact that we're getting blamed for uh, our entire generation is getting blamed for, you know, it's it's totally unfair. It's everyone's fault if you're going to meet up. You can't just blame one generation and say it's their fault. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to say, um, the whole thing about going to school and like hanging out with friends, you can't meet anyone apart from this one person outside of school, but then you're expected to go into school, be in a classroom of up to 30 or more students, and then you're not allowed to meet up with them like outside of that as if you know covid was not in the classroom but will definitely catch you outside if you're more than if you're with more than six people i think at that point people were like well this is just ridiculous if if my if i'm like not not threatening what's the word if i'm risking sending my child in especially if they live with grandparents and that sort of stuff if i'm already risking sending my child into school which to be fair is probably a worse situation for them to be in because it's a confined room often windows are closed because it was winter it was freezing people that's the people that's the point where people start to break the rules because they're like well if if I can do it in school why can't I do it in a park and I'm like there's people who are already risking it it's dangerous for them to then be forced to go into the school so I think at that point they just kind of well why am I even bothering Yeah, I agree. Like so much of what they've told us just hasn't made sense. I've got friends who went off to uni this year. They had their A-levels cancelled and they've missed out on so much. But the thing is, they're staying home instead of going to uni and doing their uni online. But I'm still not allowed to see them, even though had they been a year below, we would be able to meet up in the thing and like meet up at school. And there's so much that doesn't make sense because a lot of university students have just been left out the loop as well. They're still students and there's so many things that people have lost, like freshers and like the whole moving in with your new roommates and getting to know people. 
we've missed out as a whole because the government just haven't thought about how we're going to deal with it as a generation. Yeah, that's an important point about unis because I do remember that people are staying home and doing their courses and stuff, but they still have to pay full university fees and they're not even allowed to like live in the accommodations that they've paid for and, and go to the courses that they paid for. They're just like online. I don't think that makes any sense. And I know a lot of university students were frustrated about that because it seemed like no one was talking about it and like they weren't getting any attention at all. So I'll link back to what I was saying earlier. It's not fair that I'm allowed to sit in a classroom with like uh, 30 people, not even social distancing, and most people don't even wear their masks properly. Yeah, I'm not allowed to see my nan who lives by herself. Like It's just ridiculous. Well, I get they're trying to put measures into school. And don't get me wrong, I do agree we should go back to school. And I'll, we'll probably talk about that later. But, um, yeah, but like they're not even putting in the right measures in schools. It just doesn't make sense. People, people seriously miss, like going back to Lauren's point, people seriously misunderstand like the social aspect of uni. Of course, you're there to study. And some people are like, well, you shouldn't just be all about partying. But actually people are missing out a great deal on the social aspects which are, can be really like beneficial to people because they're stuck at home people people seem to be kind of swooping over uni students because they're like oh well this is what you were going to be doing anyway just going to the lectures obviously you're missing out on some of the stuff but actually having those experiences like Lauren was saying can be really really beneficial and I think people are really playing that down and like making uni students not seem like the most important people which obviously in the grand scheme of things they're not at the top because obviously the vulnerable people are but they still have got quite a lot of importance when it comes to education I feel like they're focusing more on primary and secondary rather than uni when actually it's quite important and another point as well is that just because we can't necessarily die I mean we can die but just because we're less likely to die doesn't mean that we can't also pass it on and I know a big major major frustration was that people want to talk about bubbles they want to talk about oh yeah each year group's going to have their own year bubble first of all many people have siblings so yes there might be year group bubbles but there's obviously mixing between these bubbles because everyone goes home and lives in the same house same thing going home to parents and going home to carers and loved ones and other family members so you can put in these measures but then again think about whether it really makes sense these same people are leaving going home to the same houses and we can be passing on the virus and I believe that's part of the rise but one thing I've also noticed is that I mean I don't know whether it was just obvious to me or like whether this was something that I thought would have been like you know self-explanatory yes we might not die from it but we can still pass it around but it just seemed to be like it was only like December when I started realizing that the news were like picking up on this and being like, oh, new evidence may show that children may be able to pass around the virus between each other's and carry it home to their parents. Like, like I thought just, I, I don't know. I just thought that sort of made sense, didn't it? Right, the siblings thing. Like, even if, um, it's like if my sibling has to isolate, I'm still allowed to go into school. I still basically have to go into school. Like I did have a few instances uh, instances where both my brother and my sister had to isolate because someone in their year group and their class um got it but yeah I was still sent into school because no I wasn't in their bubble but it's like my sister could have gone it from that person not had any symptoms pass it on to me then I can pass it on but like I still have to go to school which just doesn't make any sense 
there's also the thing about when they say that children aren't going to get um, COVID because um, we're young, we're not in most, many of us aren't in risk categories, etc. They haven't really thought about the teachers. There's a lot of teachers who are elderly. There's a lot of teachers who are in risk categories. And not once did um, the news nor the government mention the teachers who have to go to school every single day at risk of catching COVID. They're the one in most schools, they're the ones who are, who, um, in most schools, they're the ones who are affected the most because they have the most students, whereas most students are in bubbles. Yeah, so I, my mum's a teacher and me, my brother and my sister are all at secondary school and my dad is extremely high risk. So it's, I don't think there are the right safety measures in place that if one of us got it or if any of us, you know, got it, it could be passed on to him and he is at really risk of dying from it. And I just don't think that's a risk that everyone wants to take. I was going to say it's something similar, actually. Like, even if you've got, even if you live with a vulnerable family member, like my mum is counted as the extremely clinically vulnerable, yet I still have to go to school. Her being in that category doesn't, doesn't give me reason not to go to school. I could be fine for not going to school, even though if I get it, pass it on to her, it's a very high chance she could die. You know, and it's just like, I mean, I get now with the vaccine, there's less of a risk, but the risk is still there. And I guess it's a lot of pressure. Like we talk about mental health and stuff of children and like going through this. I guess it's a lot of pressure as well. And I, I noticed it's had an effect on people because we're going into school and we were supposed to just carry on with our education as if everything was fine. But at the same time, everyone's like on guard because we've told to stay alert and stay thing for COVID. At the same time, we're like wondering... Because, you know, like, for example, like me, I was the only person going to school in my household and I was terrified every day because it's like, what if I brought this home to my family? What if I'm the one like and say someone happened to say it happened to be a fatal case for someone in my family? I've got to live with knowing that that's on me because I'm the one who brought it into the house. The whole government has missed out the entire idea of chain spreading. You know, one person gets it and that person can hand it off to you know everyone they meet and then those people will hand it off to everyone they meet and it just grows and grows and grows and suddenly a million people have it that's how um infections work um, going on from what noah said um there's also the thing about when people were sent home in the original in um, last time it didn't necessarily make sense um i was sent home three times um, from being in contact with three different people who tested positive for COVID. But my mum, who lives in the same house as me and drives me to school, wasn't sent home. And she works in the same school that I go to. I feel like the teachers are really forgotten about in this scenario. Like, especially during the first lockdown, when they, they were working through half terms, because obviously they were going in for the um, um, key worker children. They were working through half terms. Obviously, it was it might have been on a rotor, but I feel like the teachers have really been forgotten about when it comes to this. And now they're focusing much more on the students and getting the students back safely. But I feel like they really are forgetting about the teachers. And like, I don't know if it's happened yet, correct me if I'm wrong, but they haven't even doled out the vaccines to teachers yet. And I'm thinking if you're forcing them in and you're telling them this now has to happen and there's no other safety, safe ways of doing it, you have to equip them, if you may, with the right protection against this disease, because you can't tell the teacher, right, we're forcing you to go in because it's your job, but you can't then tell them, we're not gonna do anything to help you. 
Yeah, I think students and teachers right now are in the same boat. And I think we're all as scared as one another. And the teachers, you know, as we say, like older people are more vulnerable. So the older you get, the more vulnerable you are in a lot of cases. As much as our education has been impacted, their job, their teaching has been impacted. And they're still getting this like, you know, that they're still expected to just carry on and, and they're running around and trying to make up for that and doing, you've got to admit, they're working so, so hard through this to make sure that they can get not only themselves, but multiple year groups through this. Um, I just wanted to like add on to like the teachers being at risk. Like it's not being taken as like seriously as it probably should be. Um, so like personally, I knew a teacher, he was like really elderly and he was like incredible at his job and he was sorry um he was literally doing everything he could to help his students and the only thing he was doing like outside of his house was going to school and he still caught covid like from school and we ended up losing him in like january and i think people forget that side of it Thank you for sharing that. I mean, I'm really sorry for your loss, but well done for sharing that. And I hope you're okay. Go take a minute if you need to. I think the government needs to make up for that because we can't be the only ones giving it all we've got. And they're just sort of, you know. Um, I think at the end of the day, most teachers aren't in the same boat as us. Whereas we are with our year, we're in our class of 30. In every day, we see around 30, 40, maybe 50 people. Um, teachers have four classes of 30 people from four different years in some schools uh, who have four periods a day. Some schools who have eight periods a day, eight different classes. Um, and there, there aren't bubbles with teachers. There walking around the school whereas in most schools year groups are confined to a certain building they're given a face mask and they get put into a war zone it there's nothing that can prepare a teacher for that and i think until the government understand the risks that teachers are understand and appreciate the risks um, that teachers are taking, um, th there's not gonna be a change, so yeah. Hey guys, it's me. We're going to have a quick break now with a musical interval sang by at Dunny underscore musical before we head back into the conversation. Some of you may also hear an advert now, so please adjust your volume if necessary. See you soon. We're Gen Z and we want change. Viewpoints, well, we've got a range and we're not too young. We know what we're talking about. We're not gonna be quiet. We'll be loud. I also asked about um, the government were planning to come back to like one to two tests a week, right? And then maybe summer school for some years to catch up on all this mislearning. It's, are we really in that dire of a situation that like, a whole year's worth of pandemic and lockdown and stuff has to be made up for in the space of like a few months. That's very like condescending on us as well. It's it's like saying, oh no, you haven't done enough where some of us have been working our butts off 
trying to work at home. And the home learning's hard, I'll admit it. Like, especially um, for some people, home learning's hard, not necessarily the actual content, but um, trying to learn at home, like this lack of routine for some people, especially me as an autistic person, this lack of routine and like just not being able to separate home and school. It's hard, but we're doing the best we can. And the government's saying, oh, education is in such a bad situation. We need to get back. Um, we need to catch up. Everyone's behind. It's just like, it's like saying, oh, you're not doing good enough. Well, we're doing the best we can. And I am learning a lot during lockdown. I'll admit it's hard. It's been hard on my mental health. But I'm still learning. And I don't think I need catch-up sessions. It might be different for other people. So I know some people might need those. But I think they sh- if they do implement them, they should be optional because some people have been working harder than others during lockdown. I think what... Um people forget like especially the government is that there's so much emphasis put on like deadlines but they're not deadlines you can meet them at whatever point you need in your life but if we slowed down a bit in like our education would it really really matter like would it really matter in the long term as long as we get there in the end and we still meet our end goal does that matter do we really have to sacrifice our mental health and like mental stability for a piece of paper which somehow is meant to determine our lives and our worth is is that really worth it because like like emma said like learning at home has been hard so we do need to take it a bit easier on ourselves because otherwise we're just going to burn out and in the long term it's it's not good for us um i would offer an opposing view here because i think the government any government that's ever in place is always going to have criticism praise yeah but more criticism than praise coming from all directions if there's one thing that needs to be done or shouldn't be done depending on your view they're getting pushed in both ways and pulled in both ways for things that need to be done um and i think um as much as this time last year the borders should have been shut because we're an island and other islands have dealt with this well like look at new zealand i know they're a lot less population but they've done so well. Um, but once you get past that, when it comes to education, I think this year they can't, I don't think they can, they had a choice really. They can't slow down as much as it would help all of us and them potentially, they can't slow down because then we have the problem of potentially having to resit a year. And that just messes up everything to do with the education system for people all the way down to who have just been born and people all the way up. Um, but then obviously you do have this argument that it is hard for all of us, which it is. Um, everyone has it in their own way, whether it's the household, whether it's their accessibility to learning right now, whether it's their school, um, everyone's got their own problems. But also it's just not feasible to push everyone back a year. That I think that's why there were talks of summer school because if everyone that needs to sit exams next year, i.e. us, are going to sit exams next year. We need to catch up. Um, so I, I'm not saying that it's a good thing. I'm just saying that we need to have a little bit of empathy because it is hard when you're being pulled in all directions. You can't please everyone, but you have to do your best too because they're the leaders of the country. Um, that's all I have to say. I, I kind of agree with that to some extent. I think it's a bit hard on the government 
because they're being like told you children need to go back and then they need to stay at home because there are two sides of the argument there's the side they we should go back because we've missed out on a lot of education home learning isn't as efficient it's bad on our mental health but there's also the argument we should stay at schools because where schools are shut emissions are lower however i feel like the government could better handle some things like they shouldn't be saying stuff like um they shouldn't be saying saying stuff like oh you're so far behind like you need to do summer school so to some extent i'm kind of feel a bit bad for the government because anything they do um they will get penalized for but at the same time um you know, I think they're not necessarily make always making the right decision. Like for when they're talking about summer schools, that's a bit condescending. But yeah, I would say that I think summer school should definitely be optional because, like a lot of people, they don't have access to um, laptops or even stable internet connection, which can really have an impact on their learning, and they might not learn as much as someone who has all those things. And that's going to negatively affect, especially like working class people, as opposed to middle class or upper class people. And those person in the long run, if we do exams, they're the ones that are going to be affected the most. So I think if they want, you know, to have some school to catch up on their learning, it should definitely be available for them so that they have a be- as good a chance as anyone else. I just wanted to ask about how safe we feel returning to school on March the 8th, because when this episode comes out, it's going to be March the 7th. Um, We're recording this just so the audience knows in case something drastic happens over the next week that we did not see coming. Um, But right now it's the 27th. So this is like, you know, a week and a few days before school starts back officially in the United Kingdom. But do we feel safe returning to school on March 8th? Like safe. Uh, in terms of my own personal safety, I feel like I would be okay going back to school because I don't I don't believe I'm at risk or anything like that. However, there are quite a few people who I'm close friends with and quite a few people in my family who are at extremely high risk. And if going back to school means that I could potentially spread this killing disease off to any one of those, I don't want to be the person to do that. And that would be a horrible thing to have to live with to know that if I didn't go to school my I don't know my grandma or my best friend would probably still be alive today and that's just a horrible thing to think about. I was just going to say that I feel safer than I did in September going back because we're having two rapid tests a week actually three I think it is and I think all schools are I think the government have said it needs to be done Um, so I feel safer but also I feel less safe in the sense that there's this new variant it's killing more people my parents age um our parents age for most of us um and i like no was saying i don't want to be the well i don't want anyone to take anything home and kill their parents or like someone else that they live with maybe their grandparents um so yeah i do feel safer in fact that we have two tests but not so much still i'm not sure how i feel it's a bit it's a bit weird to think about because the whole way that we've been kept home doing school at home has kind of like brought me out of the situation a little bit and I don't really think about it. Going back in is going to be a shock for everybody. And I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how safe I feel in terms of like remembering how it was handled last time. 
there was still so much that could have been done better. And yeah, it's just a bit worrying and all. That also reminded me that some, somebody sent in a response to that question saying that they've gotten used to being at home and like they're not good with change. So now they've adapted to being at home, they've adapted to online learning and suddenly they have to switch it up and go back into school. Uh, despite um, not regarding how safe I feel going back, I do want to go back because school is something I've very much missed. As an autistic person, I need that schedule. It allows me to actually do my work and I feel like I can't work well at home. <clears throat> but um, uh, yeah, I don't think it's the right time as much as I just want to go back. I don't think it's the right thing to do. Not at the moment because we still have this new variant and, um, you know, it's dangerous. It's it's not good. I agree with Noah. Um, from an autistic person's point of view, it's, I get some people, some of us might not want to go back to school because we don't like the change. Because um, we've gotten used to homeschooling. And that might be the case for some people. Others of us, we don't like home learning. For me personally, I don't mind it, but I prefer being at school because at the moment my routine is all the same. And I love routine, don't get me wrong. But I want that variation in my routine. For me, home is my safe place. At the moment, I can't separate home from school. It's all muddling into one in my mind and it's meaning I'm working longer than I need to. I'm unable to separate the two. And my, my days are exactly the same. Yes, I love routine, but school is part of my routine and homeschool just isn't the same for me. Like, I know it might be different for neurotypical people, but certainly from an autistic point of view, I need to go back to school. I'd say as a, uh, I believe I'm neurotypical. Um, as a neurotypical person, like, I would say that, I would say that as well, because I think, although, yes, you're neurodivergent, brains in general tend to work in the same place that you associate a certain place with certain activities like you know when you go into the kitchen you obviously a lot of the time you feel hungry you're like oh let me just check the fridge even if you don't need to like 10 times but you know we associate different places with different things and home for a lot of people is a safe space you know they come home from a long stressful day at work or school and you're like okay well here's where I can relax here is where I'm fine so that change now to having your work and your school be in that in your home place that that's a difficult for a lot of people to deal with whether you're neurotypical neuro, yeah neurotypical or not and possibly neurodivergent being neurodivergent makes that even harder um so personally I want to be back in school because like I do need that routine to survive I've had to re-establish myself a routine several times and it's probably not particularly healthy how strict it is to be like at home because like it's not really but and it doesn't work as well as like being in school because there is that separation needed but on the other hand like coming from someone who's like parents are high risk my brother's high risk and like it does put them uh, like in danger if they do catch it like they've already caught it once but like if they catch it again who knows what the outcome could be and that's my main concern like for me it's fine and I do need to be back in school. But like, what if my actions cause harm to someone else? I don't know if I could live with that. I'm pretty comfortable with going back for myself, but like, it's gonna be a big, I think, shock to go from just being with my family the whole time since January and not seeing anyone else in person. 
to being in classrooms with 30 people every lesson of the day and I feel like I'm gonna it will take a while for me to get used to that and having and acting in that environment what support do we really like feel that we would need going back into school I feel like for a lot of us our mental health let's be honest dropped and I feel like one of the big support things we need yes we need educational support but we also need more mental health support because lockdown has been hard on all of our mental health and at the moment school doesn't have good mental health support anyway and lockdown and I mean now we've actually got a mental health minister thing someone Dr Alex George he's he's someone to do with that so now we've actually got a mental health minister I feel like um even though yes educational support is important and we should get that in place we need more mental health support in schools like in general but especially because all of our mental health have dropped even lockdown during lockdown even people who were happy their mental health has dropped so we need like actual trained professionals at school to like help with mental health things um to like help support us and as well we need like more guidance from teachers maybe maybe one-to-one sessions might be helpful but like even either in person or even just over zoom or teams or something might actually really help some people's like i myself i'm doing fine i'm doing all right with the actual education side like, i don't think i'm behind but some people i feel like really benefit from the one-to-one sessions for that help but then again it might be a bit too much on the teachers as it gives them extra work to do but then they could just pick out the people they think need it i don't know i did like the peer support um that adrian mentioned i think that would be cool like personally i don't i I know a lot of people have problems speaking to adults you know about stuff and you that's a process you've got to get comfortable with the person that you're going to be doing the one-to-one support with otherwise it just doesn't work and you're kind of wasting your time so either yes we can put one-to-one in in place but I think as well it's going to be like sort of like you know when you when people are going through like rehabilitation that they can have one-to-one and they've got people to like go to and that will check up on them and like manage them sort of and they can also like have the option to go to peer sessions and go to this and I think just in general like just a general focus like like Emma was saying that like having a general focus on that mental health because we're not we're not gonna at this point I think what this pandemic has proven, proven, proved, it has proved that we um, have sort of had like a misdirected focus on education, like putting it way, 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 way at the top over everything else. Like we've sacrificed our mental health at the expense of our education. And I don't think that as a generation, we'll be able to continue and have the strength to be able to, you know, eventually take over that one day unless we focus on mental health now and focus on getting ourselves to a great stage because I really don't think that our generation will be able to cope with that type of pressure unless we have that sort of intervention. Although like my mental health is fine I feel like a lot of people have had to sacrifice their social life to get things done because for me I've obviously this is just personally but I've had to uh, obviously do all my normal school work as well as EPQ I because I can't access any work experience I'm doing online courses I'm having to like uh, do extra reading for things I'm studying for my UCAT and so I like had to delete all my social media just because I couldn't focus on my work with everything and so 
although I'm a lot for a lot of people that can really damage your mental health having to give up one part of thing just one important part of your life just to focus on everything else that's been building up you were saying that you deleted all your social media did has that actually has that helped all the stuff that you need to be doing has that helped you do it and help you focus um yeah like I've gotten more stuff done so I've I feel like a sense of achievement like oh I've done a lot more stuff that I think I wouldn't have been able to do but at the same time I feel like I don't know how to explain this but it's it not puts more pressure but I feel worse because I don't have that interaction with people anymore so although I'm getting more stuff done and I feel proud of that I'm not as happy because I gave up my social life to do it so it's a bit of both really what what do we want like I, I I can't even say like what do you want the audience to take away from this because by the time we're doing this like we're one day away from going into by the time this is posted we're one day away from going into school so I guess what's your message to all the people that are going to be going back out there again you know honestly just don't try not to stress if you need support reach out and try and get like educational support try and like email your teachers if you feel like you're behind but everyone's in the same position as you so honestly I wouldn't I know it's easier said than done but I try not to stress too much about it um I agree with Emma on that one I think we should um I think when we're going back to school we need to go back to school with an open mind now if you need any extra support you've got teachers you can go to if you can't go to your teachers um Use your friends as a support network. If you don't have friends, then message someone else. How are you supposed to message someone else if you don't have friends? Well, that um, was me and your message, message one of us. Go, go to the Loud Podcast. And... Yes. Okay. Message that's the awesome. Loud Podcast. Yes. And Aaliyah will be your friend. And thank you guys for listening to the Loud Table. It's been Ali A. Bye. And... Bye. 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 Anna's not here. I can be the queen of buys this time. No. Au revoir. Goodbye. Bye. You, bye. You can't bye. be the you can't be the queen of buyers because she will return, and she's gone for now. So I can be the queen of buyers this episode. You'll be the princess of buyers. I'm happy with that. <laughs> Goodbye. Well, we just we just don't talk about the royals because they don't exist. The whales. Wait, let me, the royals. Let me say, no, shh, let me say my beautiful goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you, thank you, thank that you. That was that was beautiful. That was beautiful. Thank you. That was thank so you. absolutely thank glorious. Thank you. And as you just heard, that's it for the loud table. Now, until students start to be included in discussions and conversations about these decisions affecting us, it's likely that when this pandemic is over, another one will still be plaguing our schools. As schools open back up. I encourage all people who have the ability to make a difference to pay attention to what students have to say and make a difference. To all my students and teachers returning to school over the next few weeks, please stay safe and stay strong and let's keep supporting one another through it all. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to hit follow on whatever you're listening on to be alerted whenever I upload a new episode. I post every other Sunday and if you want to get involved in any of the episodes or see more behind the scenes and extra content, Join Team Loud by following me on Instagram, Twitter or Facebook. The handles, as always, are in the description. But that's all for today. It's been your girl, Ali A. Enjoy the rest of your day and I will see all of you 
all of you in the next episode. Bye. Take your hand is up. Do you want to say something? Bye. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Anna. Oh, stop hold it. on. I didn't say my hi. Did no, you, you didn't. You didn't. You were saying. Say it hi. now. Hi, I'm Nikhil. <laughs> wow. Hey, I'm Nikhil. <laughs> Welcome to the loud table. Hi, I'm Nikhil. Hi, hi. Okay, but you guys have not lived.